All right, thinkers and drinkers, thank you for joining us. This is going to be kind of a short show because I've been down with a bad back and haven't done any interviews. But Amy had a great idea. So we are going to do a little uh, songwriter show here, and she's going to introduce it since it was her idea. Well, it wasn't my idea, actually. So it kind of came from our buddy Scott Gunner. It's okay. You can admit it. No, it came from our buddy Scott Gunner because we host a Clubhouse show with him every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're on Clubhouse, please join us. We'd love for you to absolutely um, join in on our conversation. But Scott had an idea of let's come up with our and discuss our favorite songwriters by the decade, starting with the 1960s. And I thought, hey, that would be a good idea for a show for us to do. So here we are doing that. So... Um, admittedly, I don't have a ton of country, like, pure songwriters for the 60s, 70s, or 80s, just because I didn't get into country until, like, the Garth Brooks, Clint Black era of country music. Yeah. So that's kind of where, that's my Like 2015, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) It was the end of the 80s, but uh, not the 1980s. So anyway, um... Well, no, that's not true, because... Clint, Garth, and Allen were at class of 87, right? Yeah, late 80s. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so um, I guess we'll start with the 1960s. So this is just favorite or favorite. or important or whatever. Whatever and it's, we think. Yeah, it's just... It's, it's songwriters, but it's also artist writers. Right. There's no wrong answers here. It's all opinions, just like music is. Yeah. It's all subjective. So... Um, I think you and I probably already share. I don't know what you're doing there. I'm just messing around. He's putting a hat on like he's Bryson DeChambeau. Right? Yes. It's fine. Um, just because you own his clubs does not mean that. Anyway. Move along. Move along. That's not music. Anyway, so I think the first one that we share, because you've already told me one, is Roger Miller. Yeah. And I just love Roger Miller because I love his weird, quirky lyrics, and they're really... Literally unlike anything you you hear on the radio. You hear a Roger Miller song and you know that's a Roger Miller song. Like Chug a Lug and Dang Me and King of the Road, which... Wait, were those in the 60s? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I had Hello Walls, which I freaking love, and Dang Me. Yeah. Um, but I mean... In 1965, he won the ACM Best Songwriter and the Best Man. That's the name of the award. The ACM Academy of Country Music Best Man. Like, I guess if somebody's getting married, he could be your best man. I don't know. It's I didn't a weird know that. Category. Um, I just was blown away by how many other and varied artists he had cuts by in the 60s. George, this is some George Jones, Charlie Pride, Wes Montgomery, Spencer Davis Group, Vicki Carr, Farron Young, Glenn Campbell. Ella Fitzgerald, Waylon Jennings, of course, and Ernest Tubb, and on and on and on. I mean, it's also, like one song of his that, like, I forget every time I hear this fact. He wrote "Me and Bobby McGee." Oh yeah, like, dude, that's huge. Wish would have. Did he record it? Um, I don't know. We should. I'd love to hear him. I think he did. I guess it'd be kind of maybe. I don't know if that'd be. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Bobby could be either a guy or a girl. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah. Depending I don't on know. Anyway, so anyway. um, yeah, that's that's the one I had, and then I have somebody else down, but I'll let you go next. My, this guy is still making waves, man. Uh, Bobby Braddock. Yeah. 
D I V O R C E. And he's also a great producer. Yes. As well as a writer. Yes. If you if you watch the Ken Burns country music. Oh yeah. Like great. when he gets to the sixties and seventies and eighties, like he, there's like a lot of information about him and then um Harlan Howard. Yeah. Too, who is and like the godfather I, of country music. And I did not put him down. I wish I had. I not, think not Godfather country music, but a music row. Yeah. Should I say? But D I V O R C E by Tammy Wynette. Flowers on the Wall, Statler Brothers. Love that. But it, again, here's some of the cool George Jones, Johnny Cash, Tammy Wynette, George and Tammy. We go together. What a great song. And uh, Waylon Jennings, Ladies Love Outlaws. What a great song. And that's just a handful of what he's done. Yeah. He He's amazing. If you're not familiar with Bobby Braddock, just. Google him and find yeah. some of his music because you cannot go wrong with that. Um, Who else did you have? I, I had Harlan How- oh, Howard yeah. down. And I, I can't place a song title right now from the top of my head. Tiger He's, by the Tail? Uh, did he write that? I think so, for Buck. Know. Okay. Pretty sure. I, I mean, I know he's written, like, everything that, like, I mean, he's just a staple of Music Row. I remember him having, and I was lucky enough at the end of his life, in career to have gone to one of his infamous music row block parties. Yeah. Which is what Craig tried to, um, emulate honor that and emulate mm-hmm. by having his big loud party that unfortunately they haven't had to ha- been able to have because of COVID. But, um, it was just, it was just a fun thing to go to. That was just, it was for everybody that worked on music row and anybody and everybody could come, you know, they didn't turn anybody away and you had all this music going on. That was the only thing I wish we would have had it. The big loud parties actually have people up playing music instead of yeah, just, just eating food and drinking, but they were what, still fun parties. One of the things about um, Harlan, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but I think at one time he had 10 songs in the top 50. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> it I mean, he, he ran music row. Insane. Yeah. And produced most of them too, probably. And his son, Perry, worked at BMI forever. Mm-hmm. Probably still does. I haven't talked to him in a long time. I don't but think he does. You don't think he does? On. I think he's doing something else. Okay. But he's such a great guy. Great guy. I love him to death. Super sweet guy. So that's who I, all I had for the 60s. All right. So, and, and again, we should we should stay. Some of these people, I feel like, cross decades, obviously. Oh, they, man. They spill in from one to the other. Um, so did you have any more from the 60s? No, but you're right. I mean, we just said Braddock is still... Um, influential today. Roger yeah. Miller's still getting cuts today. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. And he's been gone for 20 years, Yeah, if not more. Yeah. I, I guess I'm just thinking 90s. more like in their prime, but like, so one of the one, ones from the 1970s, actually she probably got her start in the 60s, was Dolly Parton. Yeah. Um, And I think of more singer-songwriters or songwriter-artists for this era, because, um, I mean, that's when she had Jolene, and she was kind of coming out of that um, relationship or whatever it was with, um, Oh, um, who's the guy? My mind just went blank. So did mine. But yeah. He sang the in Opry her, guy. yeah, he sang yeah. in her band. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's terrible that I cannot remember that name. I can't believe you didn't write it down. I that's... can't believe I didn't either. Anyway, but like she wrote Jolene and I will always love yeah. you and Coat of many colors. colors and all that in the seventies. And I just have this infamous, um, family Porter photo. Wagner, Porter Wagner. Thank you. There's a family photo. My family used to go up to the Smoky Mountains every year. And this was before I was born, but I remember it's a little, like, square photo that's very 70s colored. Um, And my family had gone up to the Smoky Mountains to stay at 
Buddy and Margie's cabin. Buddy somehow ran into Dolly Parton somewhere, and there's this picture of him with Dolly in all her 1970s glory. And, oh, like, man. it's one of those pictures that, I don't know, in my mind, it just sticks out. Where is it? Um, I'm sure it's scanned somewhere. I'll show it man. to you. You know, that's a great example of one thing I was going to mention is so many of these writers were artists, but they also got tons and tons of cuts for other artists because they were also just real writers. Mm -hmm. They weren't going like, oh, we got to record a record in two months. Let's write 10 songs. And then they don't write any more songs for another two years. Right. Now, these guys were writing like crazy and gals. I don't mean to dis No, 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 no. Anybody. But they just wrote and wrote and wrote and they were just real writers. I mean, my my favorite or one of my faves in the 70s. I'm sorry, are you done with Dolly? Oh, yeah, that I mean, I mean, I could talk about Dolly all the time. The Buddy and Margie story alone. Buddy and Margie story just seals the cake or <laughs> tops the cake or whatever. Seals the cake. <laughs> seals the cake. <laughs> whatever. Gluing that angel food shut is what we're doing. Come on. <laughs> Uh, Merle Haggard. Yeah. In the seventies among, I mean, I'll get into that, but, uh, if we don't make it through December or if we make it through December, Ramblin' Fever, Ruby, don't take your love to town for Waylon. I mean, he had an Elvis cut in the seventies. What was his Elvis cut? I don't remember. Shoot. You should have looked that up. He had a Skinner cut, which I. He had a Skinner cut. Mm hmm. I mean, Liz Anderson, Red Sovine, Eddie Arnold, Joan Baez. The Osborne Brothers, Jerry Lee Lewis, the Everly Brothers, Buck Owens, Connie Smith, Kenny Rogers, Conway Twitty, and that, I mean, that's just getting started. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know all that about him. We also had Willie Nelson down. Speaking of Elvis cuts. um, I did too. Always on my mind. Yep. Um, Blue Skies. But I think of Willie also in the 80s too, because... To me, as a child growing up in the '80s, that's when his music was kind of—he was being more pop, becoming more popular as an artist. I felt like in the '80s, where you got the Willie Braids and well, the bandana I had, that he has now. I have him for the '70s and '80s. I mean, in the '70s, they did freaking one of the Outlaws started the whole yeah, Outlaws mean, movement. Him and Waylon and Tom Paul and Johnny Cash. No, Johnny wasn't the fourth. Oh. He wasn't Jesse. Oh. Oh, the, no, yes. in the 80s, they did The Highwaymen. The Highwaymen, that's totally different. Yeah. Sorry. But, I mean, still, two, he was on part of two super groups in two decades. Yeah. Well, and we can't talk about the 70s without talking about Johnny Cash, too, because, yeah. again, he's kind of 60s, 70s, 80s, and even in the 2000s when he was at the end of his career, you know. Are you done with here. Willie already? I'm done, yeah. Leon Russell, Roy Orbison, Linda Ronstadt, of course, you mentioned Elvis, Charlie Rich, Kinky Friedman. Loretta Lynn, Charlie Pride, Conway, Ricky Nelson, the Everly Brothers, Al Green, Parliament Funkadelic. Did you know that? I did not. So you did more research on like what they wrote like for other people, which I did that on the songwriter part, but okay. not the artist songwriter part. But in the 80s, he had Honeysuckle Rose, Family Bible, San Antonio Rose with Ray Price, Blue Skies, Yesterday's Wine, Merle Haggard, Always on My Mind, and of course the Highwayman stuff. More Elvis. I mean, all the ones you think about. But then he started getting Emmylou Harris. He had B.B. King, Keith Whitley, Santana, wow. Bill Monroe, Ray Charles, Neil Young, B.J. Thomas. I mean, that's kind of hard to beat that list of names. Oh, my gosh. That's what I'm talking about. Toby Keith. These guys that just wrote and all these other people. I mean, some of those songs like uh, Crazy, I think, has been cut oh. over a thousand times. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, 
That's unbelievable. Which that takes him back into the 60s. Yeah, exactly. You know? Again. Yep. Crazy. Exactly. Crazy. <laughs> his, I think, I think it was on the Ken Burns documentary. His kind of story, it was either that or one about Austin city limits, but his story was very interesting Yeah. as far as like how he came to Nashville, why he left Nashville, but the success he had and then leaving and then coming back. And, yeah. Um, he was a sheep herder farmer. Yeah. Which I can it's completely crazy. see him doing that. That seems like a job he probably would have done. Um, probably sitting out there talking to the sheep, writing songs, getting high, probably <laughs> anyway. So did you have any more in the seventies? No. Okay. So let's move to the eighties. Well, I had eight Willie for the seventies and eighties. So yes, you go ahead. They kind of bleed over. Um, the first person I had was Don Schlitz. Oh man. Cause that's like the one I can think of from that has like massive eighties hits like the gambler. My first landlord in town was the publisher on The Gambler. Yes, I've heard this story. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yes. Was Wasn't he, didn't, it wasn't Don that owned that. He didn't own Don's portion, right? He owned somebody else's portion. Oh, he owned Don's. Oh, he did? Because mm-hmm. didn't he try to sell it to him for like? He did sell it to him for a refrigerator. And then, and then later okay. on. Your landlord was like a legit nice guy. I was yeah. like, no, I can't do that. Right. Gave him a Because can you imagine? Yeah. Holy cow. But he let him keep the refrigerator. Well, that was nice of him. Mm. He also wrote, on the other hand, for Randy Travis oh, and man. forever and ever, amen. I mean, it, the list goes on. Yeah. Those are the only ones I wrote down, but like Don Schlitz is just. That's good Amazing. Yep. Amazing. Um, and then like, so in the 80s, I'm thinking like Elvira. Yeah. Oak Ridge Boys. I don't know who wrote that. I should know who wrote that. I don't either. I don't know if they wrote it or not, but that was like a big song that stuck out to me because as a child, I used to love that song. And my yep. mom still talks about how I love that song. Um, but also Dean Dillon. We can't talk about 1980s without talking about D- Dean Dillon and George Strait since he basically wrote most of George Strait's songs. I'm going to talk about him in the 90s. He's also in the 90s. Okay. Who else do you have in the 80s? Nobody. I just told you. I was Willie's the only one I had. Just Willie? Yep. I know there were other really good songwriters. Yep. I'm sure. I mean, Keith Whitley probably started in the 80s, so he's great. Um, I don't know that he wrote that much, to be honest with you. Really? I'm not sure. Clearly, we have not done our research. Well, not if you're going to bring it's him. It's a lot. It's a big span of time. I didn't. To have done this bring in one up, afternoon. So. so we may have to follow this up. <laughs> Okay, so let's move on to the 90s where I feel like we will talk a little bit more about actual true songwriters as well as artist songwriters. So you go ahead. Dean Dillon. Dean Dillon. Well, because he had record deals. I know he was on RCA and I know he left a rental car running at the gate. He said, I'm sick of this and got on an airplane. Oh, was he at RCA when you were working? No, he was not. I wish he would have been, but there's a guy... I think he's had 50, no, how many number ones for straight? 40 some, I know. I'm, yeah, I'm sure it's a giant number. Vern Gaz and Keith Whitley, George Strait, George Jones, Paul Overstreet, uh, Tanya Tucker, Wayne Newton, Charlie Rich. Then listen to this group and think about the 90s. Doug Stone, Tracy Bird, John Michael Montgomery, Reba, Pam Tillis, Ty England, Wade Hayes, Aaron Tippin, 
or all recorded Dean Dillon songs. Yeah. And then you can't forget, <laughs> this is mean, but Noel Haggard, Davis Daniel, Rich McCready, Ty Herndon, David Kirsch, MC Potts, remember her? And who can forget Shakespeare's sister's version of Hormonally Yours? The Shakespeare's sister? I don't, mm-hmm. I've never even heard of them. I haven't either. Okay. But, I mean. We're looking it up. He's he's had a lot of cuts. He's had a lot of cuts. Everything yes. from Keith and George to Ty Herndon. Yeah. Well, one, I guess kind of a duo, not duo, I wouldn't say it. They wrote a lot together. Um that I think of in the nineties and I started, this was kind of just at the beginning of my role. I started going on in the nineties, but, um, Tony Martin and Tom Shapiro. Oh man. Yeah. I mean like they're amazing together, but like Tony wrote just to see you smile, which is late nineties. No place that far. Third rock from the sun for Joe Diffie. Oh man. I was at Hamstein and that was one of the songs I remember seeing on the, um, like a plaque on the walls when I was working there mm-hmm. and it had happened way before I was working there. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, that song was huge. Yeah. You know? And then, um, and Tony was one of our writers at the time. And then Tom wrote that ain't my truck with red Aiken yeah. and watch me by Lori Morgan. I mean, his stuff is just amazing. He's such a great songwriter, both super sweet guys. Yeah. Um, should I do my next 1990s writer? Go ahead. And then, and then I'll, I have two more. Bob DePiro. Oh, I have him in the 2000s. I know. Well, I know. yeah, he's 90s and 2000s, but he started in the 90s. Absolutely. He had a huge run in the 90s with Blue Clear Sky, Daddy's Money, Daddy's Church Money. on Cumberland Road, Wink. And then, of course, in the 19 or in the 2000s, he wrote a great song with this up-and-coming songwriter named Bart Allman called You Can't Take the Honky Tonk Out of the Girl that was recorded by Brooks and Dunn. He was a loser. But he has admittedly given you credit for bringing his second wave of his writing career yeah. back. Um, which is I mean, still going, by the way. Which is still going. I mean, Bob is one of yeah, man, he's the, the I mean, he's a BMI icon. I mean, he's in yeah. the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame. He's just... He's the Energizer bunny. A hundred percent. So, I'll let you go next. I was going to bring up one that not everybody thinks about, and it's Ronnie Dunn. Yeah? Because you think about... I mean, Brooks and Dunn have had... I think 30 some number ones. I remember being at RCA when the first record came out in 1991 and they were at our Arista. And I just thought, boys, we're in trouble because we don't have anything like that. And thankfully they're really nice guys, but Ronnie also had cuts on Mel McDaniel, asleep at the wheel, Leroy Parnell, Wade Hayes, Shenandoah, Toby Keith. So there's another guy who, and he did a lot of producing too. I think he helped a lot with Wade Hayes when I was working with Wade. And so just, man, I just always thought he's a guy that as an artist, he he knew who he was yeah. and what he wanted to say. And, you know, and, and kicks was great too. I mean, and one of the best guys in the world, but Ronnie obviously had the voice that was, I guess, a little bit more of a, a star voice. Maybe. Yeah. It was kind of their He was their signature. Voice, yeah. For yeah. sure. Um, yeah. And I mean, the songs that they, recorded together that he wrote are just oh man they're some of the best songs of the 90s yeah and absolutely. they're fun they're fun songs yeah you know? like i feel like well they had songs like boots good and boogie which could translate from a acoustic guy playing it in the back of a pickup truck yeah. all the way to a stadium or an arena and, oh, yeah. and they still sounded fantastic neon moon oh my gosh oh man Ugh, so good well i 
you mentioned this person, and I put her down, um, Victoria Shaw. Yeah, man. I remember being a kid getting one of the Garth Brooks albums. Um, I think it was <laughs> The River, because she wrote The River. Yeah. Um, but I remember looking through the liner notes very early on, before I even knew like what to look for in liner notes, right. and seeing her name that she had wrote The River. Um, and I just I love that song, and she's she's just amazing. She had a Christina Aguilera ricky martin cut in the 90s i mean in the 2000s dang um and she wrote i love the way you love me for faith hill yeah just such a strong female songwriter and you know she used to share office i don't know if she does anymore with um leslie thomas yeah who was married to bob DePiro. Yeah. so we kind of I, I don't know if i've really ever really met her met her but been around her sort of and she was always very sweet always nice good person yep um do you have a, how many do you have for the nineties? Because I, I have I, quite a few. I have one more. Okay. Do you want me to go to another one? Sure. It's real short. Sure. I put Tony Arada down. Oh yeah. And I have a story about Tony Arada. Well, all these people I have stories about. This is why I love these people is because it's a personal connection. Yeah. I remember when I was working for Craig. For whatever reason, I was the only person in the office who could go with him. I think Seth was out of town. Kimberly was doing something, and there was an event thing that was and I say an event thing it really wasn't an event it was a thing where Craig had been asked to go to um, um, John Esposito's office to play songs at Warner Brothers at head Warner. of Warner Brothers yeah for I think maybe Blake I can't remember but it was like Craig the writers were Craig Tony Arata Chris Stapleton and I can't remember who else because this is before Chris Stapleton was artist Chris Stapleton and Tony they asked Tony to play the dance and it was like so intimate because it was like less than 10 people. And it was maybe one of the coolest things I've ever So you witnessed. mean play songs like here's a guitar, play a song? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, it was really short. And they they played songs that they were pitching. But also like you have yeah. Tony Arata in the room with a guitar. Ask him to play the dance. Come on. Yeah. It's such a great song. Um, and I think one of the songs that probably really launched mm. Garth Brooks's career. Oh, man. Um, I mean, at least that's what I remember because that's the era I started. Yeah listening to country hmm. so you go paul overstreet Ooh, good one he, uh also an artist i worked his records at rca and uh he was kind of an odd duck but man oh man it was he nice and here's a small list again of cuts of artists and think again about an artist writing for so many other singers Kenny Chesney, Randy Travis, The Osmonds, The Judds, Shelby Lynn, Ricky Skaggs, Allison Krauss, John Michael Montgomery, Charlie Pride, Engelbert Humperdinck, nice. Tracy Bird, Glenn Campbell, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, Blake Shelton, George Jones, George Strait, Cher, Bucky Pizzarelli, one of my faves, Joe Nichols, and Carrie Underwood. Wow. And that's, that's again, a very impressive list. Oh, man. Share. I mean, wow. Think about how many records were sold in that list. Yeah. Yeah, he's done all right. He's not bad. Yeah. I also had Marcus Humming. Mm. Um, and again, he's like a 90s, 2000s. But um, I worked it, some of his records. I'm sure you did. Yeah. Well, I know you did for sure. Because um, he wrote what I think is the best country song of all time. Cowboy Take Me Away by the Dixie yep. Chicks. Yep. Their original name. Not the one they go by now. Yes. Um, he also wrote One of These Days by Tim McGraw, which if you've not heard that song in a long time, 
Yeah. Holy crap, go listen to it because that will just. Yep. That's a good song. God bless the broken road. Yep. Always a fave. Yep. Huh. Well, is that all you have? No, I also have oh. um, Matresa. Her, oh yeah. Because we started talking about ladies. Um, because I got to represent my my girls. That's right. Matresa, who I had like a year long to sort of work with her. I didn't really know her, know her, but it was cool to kind of be in her presence. And at the time I was working at Universal Music Publishing and Pat Higdon had really, really helped her, who was my boss at the time with her career. Um, and he has always been like in her, in, in her ring, in the side of the ring or whatever. Her corner. Corner of the ring. Um, but like she wrote Strawberry Wine. Need we say more? I mean, she, you could go on and on. Wrong side, uh, wrong side of Memphis. If I fall, you're going down with me by the chicks. Well, she had. I worked with her at RCA. She put out one record, oh, yeah. and once she decided, she didn't want to be an artist anymore. She didn't want to be on the road. Within twelve months, like nine of nine songs off that record had been cherry picked and oh, had yeah. been singles, and it was unbelievable. She's an interesting couple of gals. <laughs> She came up to me at the office one time and put her hands on either side of my face and said, you're so cute. You could be a matinee idol. And I went, okay, thanks. And like two days, she came, two days later, she came in and she stuck her hand out and said, hi, I'm a Trace of Berg. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. I said, yeah, I know. But yeah, man, what a, what a, and still just a great oh. voice and a great writer. Oh yeah. I mean like you've heard her voice if you don't realize you've heard her voice cause she's yeah. sang background on so many songs and yeah. she's just amazing. So let's go into the 2000s. I can't, I mean, talk about overlap. Everybody I'm, I have on my list here is 2000 through today. Yeah. I, same. So you want to do your list and I'll check off the ones that we have in common on our okay. list. Okay. Well, the first one I have to put down is Craig. Uh, he's my first one. And, I mean, I am extremely biased because I worked for him for 10 years. He's a very dear friend. I think he is maybe one of the most prolific, yeah. amazing songwriters in Nashville. You can say you're biased, but he's also had like 29 number ones right. or something. So And a couple of Grammys. I mean. I think just one. Li- nope. He's No, he does just have one. You're right. Chris had two. Chris has two. Yeah. Live Like You Were Dying. Yeah. The Good Stuff. This is a short list. Summertime. Believe. Which Believe may be one of my favorite songs he's ever written. Yeah. Um, Cowboy and Me. Again. Yeah. Freak. Not Cowboy and Me. Yeah, Cowboy and yeah. Me. Um, With Jeff and Big Al. Yeah. Freaking amazing song. Boys Around Here. I mean, and he's still getting cuts today, like with um, Hardy and Florida Georgia Line. And I mean, he's just so good. And he is one of those guys, and I'm going to say this, too, about somebody that I know we both have on our list. When you hear one of his songs, if you know his music, you know that's his song without even having to look at the yeah. liner notes. Like, I know when I hear a song on the radio, I know that's a Craig song. Yep. One of my favorite songs that um, he's ever written is a weird song. He wrote it at the end of my time at Big Loud. It's a song that um, John Oates, of all people... Hmm. cut and he wrote it with him um and no offense to john oates i'm sure he's an amazing songwriter i'm pretty sure this is all of craig but it's this song um called um it's about uh new orleans and i can't like the name of the song is i didn't write it down i will find out the name of the song here while you're talking because (laughs) i'm like totally blanking on it but um 
Well, I'll just it's go great. down my list. And thankfully, so many of these guys are our buddies, and half of them have been on the podcast. But Craig, obviously Bob DePiro, Big Al Anderson, who there's another yes. guy you know every time you hear anything. Jeffrey Steele, obviously my one of my absolute heroes. Do you, did you find the song yet? I'm looking it up. Okay. Then I put um, Brett James. Oh, Brett I mean, is so good. Holy crap. That guy is still lighting He's town everywhere. on fire. John Rich. You may not think of, you think of him as big and rich and as John Rich, but he has written a massive ton of songs. Um, as far as artists and stuff go, Dirks Bentley, great writer. Alan Jackson, unbelievable. I think out of all the number ones he's had, well, I can't say that. I mean, I know over half of me wrote by himself. Toby Keith, man, there was a time where no one could topple that guy. Chris Stapleton, like you mentioned earlier, we've known Chris since before he was, I mean, he was always a great singer, but before he was. He was a writer before he was a singer. Yeah. And he wasn't selling out arenas then. It's interesting that you say, because I have Chris on my list too. And Chris, like. Isn't that a Hall & Oates song? You're Chris on my list? <laughs> You're Chris on my list. No, okay, the song was Losing in Louisiana. Oh, okay. And it was from a 2014 album that John Oates recorded. Anyway, um, so Chris, I remember when I was at Diver Dan, um, which is Dan Huff's publishing company he had with Sony at the time, um, he was part of a bluegrass group called The Steel Drivers with yeah. Mike Henderson. Mike Henderson was one of our writers. So we had a lot of those songs in our catalog, um, which ended up being songs that he ended up recording later yeah. on as himself, as a solo artist. But like Midnight Train to Memphis, like I don't know how you can write a song like that that makes it sound like a song that was written in the 40s. Yeah. as Like, it, like it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, but yeah... Um, I also had uh, Jaron Johnston. Jaron is so freaking good. He is so I mean, he's in, out of the box. What? Uh, Ca- um, Cadillac 3. Wait, is that it? Was it? They've changed their name. Because I couldn't use Cadillac. Anyway. Why, do we, why are we like having brain farts all day? And then, But he's he's having hits all over the place. And then you can't get out of the 2000s without mentioning Ashley Gorley. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean he's, he's, won, he's had 30-some number ones, I think, in yeah. the last 10 years or And one, years. like, I think he's an ASCAP writer. I think he's won ASCAP writer of the year multiple yeah. ta- times. Um, well, okay, I want to go back to Jeffrey because I feel like we can't gloss over Jeffrey. Yeah. Because not only did you write with him and for him, but you wrote a song, again, a fave of mine. It's about Brand you. new girlfriend. Indeed. Yes. Like, he wrote the song, What Hurts the Most, which... Yeah. I mean, he, there's a couple of songs that... Jeffrey has a couple of albums that are out if you want to get into out Jeffrey's music. Yeah. Listen to those albums and his versions of the song. A lot of the songs you'll know because they're songs that have been recorded by others. But, um, like, Son. Yeah. Damn. And Friend. Mm-hmm. I think he's recorded that and put that out. That's a That's powerful. I'm not sure he's recorded son. He may not have. But it was a song he wrote for his son right before his son got killed. So, yeah, it was. a. And he's written songs for each of his children. And like the one for Casey, I think, was um, good to go, which he wrote with Craig. Yeah. Which is on the album that you worked when Jeffrey was an artist at Monument. Something in the water. 
something in the water, but the song, she's good to go. Like if you're a dad who's like got a daughter going to school, damn, that will just put you down. It's good. It's good. good. I also wanted to mention Hillary Lindsay because she's had some of the biggest songs. I mean, she's had songs recorded by Lady Gaga that were in that. Yeah. um, No, they weren't in that movie. It was around that same time of the movie that she was in. But um, American Honey, Girl Crush, that won every award that year. I'm pretty sure Girl yeah. Crush did. Jesus Take the Wheel. She kind of launched Carrie Underwood's career. Yeah. Which, going into that, I have to mention another um, favorite of mine is Chris Tompkins. Yeah. Chris and his crazy genius as a songwriter. Um, he was one of our writers at Big Loud, and I just I always loved his songs. He was frustrating because he was hard to get in the room sometimes. Yeah. But when he got in that room and when he was on, it was magic. He's super talented kid. Yeah. He wrote Before He Cheats, Blown Away. He's the one with the two Grammys. Um, Drunk on a Plane, which if you just like, I mean, that's a fun yeah. song by Dirk Smitley. But if you just listen to the lyrics, they are so freaking good. Yeah. And there's a song that he wrote called Bama Breeze back before he had all his big success with Carrie Underwood and stuff. Um that Jimmy Buffett recorded and it is like lyrically amazing. You should go listen to it. Well, cause that's a real place, right? Bama it is Breeze. a real place. It's a club yeah. that he, he used, used to play. To, he used to play. Yeah. And to me that song, um, just, it just speaks of his personal yeah. experience as a, as a songwriter and growing up there in that area. And well, they always talk about writing songs as being conversational. And yeah. what can you talk about better than growing up than, than your life? Yeah. Yeah, and then I also put down Thomas Rhett. Yeah, because I think he is one of the best current artist yep. songwriters out there, along with Eric Church. Oh yeah, yeah, and the Brothers Osborne. Like some of their song, like their songs have just surprised me. I, I didn't think I would like get into them as much as I do, but their songs are just really kind of quirky and out there, and yeah, slightly brilliant in a, an amazing way. And I feel stupid. I don't know their names, but the big the big one with the beard is the guitar player. He's yeah. A, smoking guitar player oh, too. so man. good. And they just seem so, like a fun yeah. act to go see. Um, did you have any others down huh. I know you said, did you already say Dirk Bentley? I did. I always forget about him as a songwriter, which I shouldn't because he started off yeah. recording his own stuff, but then he started recording outside songs. But He's kind of become, and this might sound weird, but at kind of, to me, like the new version of Amy Lou Harris as a real interpreter of other people's songs, you know? Which, Okay, can we go back to Amy Lou Harris? How can we not mention her in the 80s? Hello? Because she wasn't a writer. She didn't write anything until Red Dirt Girl. Oh. What year, when would that have been? 90s? Probably, yeah. Okay. But Dirk's is like his bluegrass version of, of One by U2. Oh, gosh. Which yeah. is just insane. Yeah. And it's like, if you didn't, if you'd never heard, well, that's obvious. If you'd never heard of U2, you wouldn't know that song. But <laughs> it's a complete, if you heard those two songs an hour apart, you might not even know their the yeah. same song. Sadly, there are people in this world today that have probably never heard of you two. Yeah. Because teenagers. Because they haven't done anything in 10 years? Well, I just mean like teenagers. <laughs> and, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. That's all but, I have. Okay, so that brings us up to date. I mean, there's so many amazing writers out there now. Um, you know, you have the Michael Hardys of the world who mm-hmm. are an artist and, um, you know, Florida Georgia Line, whether you like their music or not, they have had some really big hits. Yeah. And they have written 
a majority of those songs or partially like they're a part of them. So I can say that from experience as far as like, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with their two solo EPs. Yeah. But I don't even know when they're supposed to come out because well, now BK's they're had two now come out. Huh? He, he just, BK had a second one come out. Second single or a second EP? EP. Oh, we did. Yeah. Oh, so well, I mean, who knows go. what they're doing as far as like pushing them to radio. Yeah. I think they're probably just fun projects that they did. And yeah. They'll come back. I mean, cause they also have the new Nelly single. Yeah. I or single with Nelly. Big Machine would be too happy or Republic would be too happy if they wanted to put out real radio singles. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. Life's life's difficult. Yeah, and sorry if we left any of your favorite writers off the list, but we're going to be talking about this. I'm um, sorry if we couldn't think of the songs. But apparently we didn't do our research great, but you know what? That's there you okay. go. Yes. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. We'll get uh, back to some more interviews real soon here. and um, It'll be a little more interesting than me. And me. Oh, come on now. Oh. You're interesting. Here's to Thinking and Dragon. Yes, please. If you haven't followed us, follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Please subscribe. Give us five stars only. Thank you for listening. Bye.